Well, hello, everybody. There you are. I was waiting for you, Ezra Levant here. It's May 16th, and you're watching Battleground. Oh, hi, guys. Don't mind me. I'm a little overclamped today. We're getting things organized here. Uh, what we do every uh, day between 12 noon and uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, is we have a live uh, chit-chat. On uh, YouTube, as you may know, every day at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I have a more formal show where I have a, a produced monologue and interview two guests usually, uh, and I read a little bit of mail. But from noon till 1, I have this kibitz. Uh, YouTube doesn't call it kibitz. They call it super chat because they allow you to make comments along the side of the page. Um, and if you want your comment to be highlighted, you can simply um, chip in a couple bucks and it's put in a bright color. And uh, it stays up there proportionate to how long, uh, how many bucks you put in. Um, I'm actually having some trouble loading it right now, so I'll look at the comments in a minute. But I'm going to get started with uh, some news today while we wait for folks to gather. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Gaza situation uh, and the U.S. moving its consulate, its embassy uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. We hit that pretty hard the other day. Um, I think there is some news that warrants us talking about it again today. And it's, it's the fact that the media counter-narrative, which was so vicious, it wasn't about the historic uh, decision to move um, uh, the embassy to Jerusalem, the historic capital of biblical Zion, the modern capital of the state of Israel. It was focused on denigrating that, I think because of the general anti-Israel antipathy in the media, but also because it was Trump who did it. I want to start by showing you the New York Times. The New York Times itself. Israel, Israelis kill dozens in Gaza. That is, the, is, is that the headline? Is that the real headline? I suppose technically it is true. Um, but who were the dozens and who were the Israelis and in Gaza and what happened? Well, there was a mass riot, but not just a riot in Gaza. That would be none of Israel's affair. It was an attempt to infiltrate into Israel. And these were not unarmed protesters. In fact, we see today that Hamas, senior Hamas leaders have said 50 out of the 60 they claim were killed were Hamas terrorist operatives. 50 out of 60. Uh, can, I, can I put up the online version of the New York Times? Because this is quite something. Um, this is the front page of their website yesterday. Or was it this morning? Um, it was yesterday. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories, their entire front page. Hold it up there. Let me read some of them. Killings in Gaza, a new embassy in Jerusalem and no sign of peace. Inside a makeshift hospital where Gaza treats its wounded. Uh, updates, an uneasy calm falls over. This, you would think World War III had begun. By the way, this is more extreme anti-Israel coverage than in the Arab media. I say again, other than Gaza, which is controlled by the Hamas terrorist group, which has now admitted that 50 out of the 60 dead were their own operatives, the Middle East did not care. 
Saudi Arabia did not care. Bahrain, Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, Iraq, they did not care. Why would they care? This is a pure media stunt by Hamas. And as you can see by the front page of the New York Times, they absolutely fell for it. Now, you're, you're probably thinking, well, fell for what? Fell for what? People were killed. That headline is true no matter what, even if they were terrorist operatives. Let me show you a video from Pallywood. And I don't think this video was supposed to, was supposed to get out there. This is a Put it up and I'll, and I'll give some. So these, this is a morgue. This is a morgue. These are people who you can see in the background. Um, these are martyrs. The media was there. There was a big photo op. They were sending the videos out. Uh, these are the dead. These are the people that Israelis murdered. These are the people that the New York Times dedicated their entire front page to. It's terrible. The horrific horror show that Israel's perpetrated. Oh, how you doing down there? You need a snack? You, you, you need, you get, your nose is itchy? Do you need a scratch somewhere? Yeah, okay, we'll just cover you back up. Keep acting. Keep acting. Did you see that? Well, of course you saw that. Hey, do we have the video we used from yesterday about that, um, that youngster with the, the canes? I mean, this is called Pallywood. And you have to be extremely disciplined as a journalist uh, to ignore these little discontinuities. You know, on YouTube, you can find these goofy little uh, videos where someone went through a movie frame by frame and does a video seven Seven mistakes in Star Wars that you probably didn't notice, or something like that. Um, yeah, here, this one. Here's one of the disabled civilians who forgot that he was being filmed, uh, and so he was healed. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a Holy Land miracle. This and show the morgue one one more time. Okay, so this is the fake disabled guy. Uh, show the morgue one one more time. Yeah, they're moving around under there. You saw that other guy move. Here's the second one move. They're moving. Th these, are the, these are the Hamas dead. And uh, there, he's moving a little bit. My point is, you know those guys who go through and fight? Here's seven flaws, seven discontinuities in Star Wars. You have to really, really hunt. For, I mean, if you're in a professional Hollywood movie, it's really hard to find the errors. It's the opposite when you're dealing with Pallywood. You have to work extremely hard to make sure you don't show all these discontinuities, irregularities, and hoaxes. But the New York Times, you know their motto, all the news that's fit to print. It's weird that the New York Times is so anti-Israel. I mean, the Salzberger family is Jewish. The newspaper has been owned by Jews, obviously, for more than a century. Um, but it, it shouldn't be surprising. The New York Times was also dead silent about the perils of the Holocaust towards European Jewry under the Nazis. I don't quite understand their excuses why, but I guess they're keeping up with that long-standing tradition. Uh, anyways, uh, we, um, I saw a Super Chat come by, and let me go and mention it again, what we're doing here with the Super Chats. Um, I got my screen working again. Sorry for that delay. Um, there's a ton of comments, and I, and I got an email yesterday saying, Ezra, less monologues, more comments. Okay, we will do. Uh, if you want your comment to stand out like the corker, he chipped in five bucks, and so I don't know if you saw it there. His comment was in bright green. I'll read it now. 
our ethics violating PM is receiving an honorary law degree today at New York University. That's a great point. The first, uh, the first prime minister in Canadian history to be convicted of not one but four breaches of the federal law, in this case, uh, the Conflict of Interest Act, is receiving an honorary law degree. Um, that's a great point. I wonder if he would be allowed to be a lawyer having been convicted of breaking the law. I think there's two other things to say about his trip to New York. Uh, the first is he's, that's his 56th foreign trip since becoming prime minister. He's only been PM for two and a half years. And he's done 56 foreign trips. 56? He loves going to New York. And who doesn't? Great restaurants, taking a show, fine hotels. The missus can do some shopping. Visit George Soros and other billionaires. I mean, he absolutely loves going to New York, and he does so all the time now. 56 times he's traveled uh, uh, outside the country. That's absurd and shocking. And you just realize, well, he's, he's a very short attention span. Uh, he's lazy. He often takes personal days when he's even in Ottawa. And he has an extremely demanding wife. And I don't say that as any kind of allegation or aspersion. That's just an observation. She demands not one, but two taxpayer-funded nannies. Um, I'll never forget. Maybe we can even dig it up. I don't know if we can find it. When she injected herself into a Martin Luther King Day event in Ottawa, which really has nothing to do with Canada um, to begin with and has really nothing to do with Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. But she had written a little song that had nothing to do with being black. And she insisted on inflicting that song on everybody. I say that because it goes to her entitlement. Um, I'm not sure if you read the Ethics Commissioner's report into Justin Trudeau, but um, they didn't just have the one trip to the Billionaire's mm -hmm. Island in Bahama. They had more than one. And Sophie Trudeau called up and said, hey, um, yeah, do you mind if I just come with some of my girlfriends? And the, the Aga Khan's family said, well, we're not going to be here in the island. And Sophie Trudeau said, oh, that's fine. No, 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 we, we, we just want to use your billionaire island. So she's an extremely, extremely high-maintenance woman. And, of course, she wants to the family trip to the Taj Mahal and the family trip to Tokyo and the family trip to New York. Uh, I just simply, we found it now, thanks, team. I just simply have to show you, just to remind you, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, I present her song. Some people doubt Mm -hmm. That angels can fly mm -hmm. And some people fight mm -hmm. Without knowing why Some people live mm -hmm. Without seeing the light mm -hmm. And some people live Oh, no, 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 but not quite and I know that good will prevail, and I could conquer the world with all the love that I feel. When you smile back at me, when you smile back at me, I see it from the corner of your eye. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Oh, my God. Back. You know what? It's, um, you got you to gotta dig up our YouTube video where Gavin McInnes plays that in the background, and he sings along. I think that's probably the funniest video we've ever produced. We've made about 8,200 videos at The Rebel. Can you believe it? That's a lot of videos. I think the funniest was Gavin McInnes singing along with Sophie Gregor. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it because I, all I was thinking about was how funny Gavin was, and I couldn't live up to that. 
Yeah, I think that's a big reason why Justin Trudeau has gone on 56 foreign trips. He has to keep that woman pleased. Um, okay, let's take some questions. <laughs> let's see. Real Men Fish says, enough already. You're right, you're right. Um, I wasn't mocking it because I couldn't be as funny as Gavin, but um, what's that got to do with the Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Uh, Sophie's sort of uh, the opposite of black. She's, she's so white, she's pink. Uh, she's so privileged. Um, I, I just, and that was just inflicted on the poor people at the Martin Luther King Day. And why? Well, because she, she's been practicing that in front of the mirror. And she, she's the first lady, even though we don't really have that thing in Canada. Um, all right, it's, <laughs> it's 12.14. Uh, so we're quarter done, and I haven't even really got started. Sorry we were a minute late there. I was a little distracted. Uh, let me read some more questions, because I got an email from folks saying, enough with the chit-chat, Ezra. Take our questions. All right, oh, let's take some more. Um, Seabaz Pick says, my cat makes strange noises at night. I hope you're not comparing your cat's strange noises to our first lady, because that's Islamophobic, if you are. Um, Miss Lil Pig says, I think that was animal abuse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you mean, but maybe. Uh, Theodore Sigerson, does anyone have the link to the video Ezra mentioned just now with Gavin? Um, Hannah, maybe, you, can you dig that video up and... Uh, I don't know how we could, maybe you can actually type it in as a comment. Um, it was very funny. You can Google it, folks. Just type it in. Just Gavin McInnes, Sophie Gregoire will probably show up. Um, see Best Picks again. Have you guys seen The Handmaid's Tale? No, I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I mean, I, I, I read the book, uh, and I think I saw a movie to that effect about 10 or 20 years ago. And I just... I, Every second that I see, and I see the ads for, for The Handmaid's Tale everywhere, and I, and I see it referenced all over the cultural left, uh, and I can't bear it because every second that you're talking about a fake uh, theocracy that treats women like chattel and property and, you know, harems for the pleasurable purposes of a patriarchal society, and you're doing it as a Christian theocracy, which does not exist. And you're ignoring Muslim theocracies, which exist, that do the same thing but much more brutally. How can you do that? I don't know if I told you this, but I, when I went to Germany a couple years ago, I went to a refuge, a private refuge, uh, run by a, a Christian nun named uh, Sister Hatun was her name. And let me describe what this was. This was a refuge in Germany where people fled from the official government refugee centers in Germany. So these people came from Syria and Iraq. They were fleeing the civil war. They went to Germany, as so many did. But when they were in Germany, they were, the non-Muslims were still persecuted. They were beat up. They were, they were threatened. They were demanded they, they convert. So even in Germany... ISIS was running the refugee centers. So some of the Christians and Yazidis had to flee from the official German refugee center. And Sister Hatun was taking some of them in. And I met for the first time in my life a Yazidi. Do you know what that is? That's a, that's a very obscure religion. It's not Muslim. It's not Christian. It's a religion. It's not an ethnicity. A lot of them are Kurdish. 
I met a Yazidi, and the Yazidis often have blue eyes. So they've got olive skin, they've got brown skin because they're from the Middle East, but they have blue eyes, which is quite something when you see that combination. And so they were prized by ISIS terrorists as rape slaves. And so ISIS would come in and murder the men, or de demand they convert. If they didn't convert, they'd murder them. And they would take these Yazidi women as rape slaves, and they would pass them around. And this was not condemned by ISIS. It was, in fact, sacralized. This was uh, a reward. This was an official currency. They had official rape slave auctions. And I met a woman who was a rape slave of ISIS who said, who told me, we have it on tape, you could Google video on, on our rebel site. She lost count after she was raped 240 times. So that exists. Rape slavery authorized by the Quran, enforced by a caliphate, a theocracy called the Islamic State, that exists. And the left is silent on that, but they want me to watch a show about rape slavery and an, a misogynist theocracy that's Christian. I'm sorry, I can't do that. That would be like someone making a fictitious um, m movie of the week about a holocaust where the Jews were burning Germans. No, it's the opposite. Don't show me a piece of Hollywood fiction where the Christians are the slavers. In fact, it was, speaking of all slavery, it was the Christians, Wilberforce and others, who ended slavery. It was the Christianity that ended slavery. Um, but don't, don't tell me a fictional work where the Christians are the abusers. In the Middle East, the Christians are the abused by the Muslim rape slavers. It's in the Quran. The Corker writes again, Ezra, how much do you think we taxpayers will pay to get Kinder Morgan built? Five billion, 10 billion? That's a reference to the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Uh, of course, you don't need to pay to get the pipeline built. Uh, a company called Kinder Morgan wants to put in $7.4 billion of their own money. Um, it will not get built uh, just by adding more money with its $5 billion or $10 billion. It just will not get built. That's not the problem. The problem isn't money. In fact, um, the money was there, uh, like it was for Energy East Pipeline, um, Northern Gateway Pipeline. No amount of money can get it through if there's no rule of law in Canada, either the constitutional law or just plain old enforcing the criminal code. Um, I don't know if you saw my show, my paywall show at 8 p.m. a few weeks ago. I did a story on a rock quarry in Digme Neck, Nova Scotia, tiny little town. Uh, a rock quarry, basalt, I don't even know what that is. It's kind of volcanic rock. They wanted to, to mine this rock and then have a marine terminal ship it to the States and uh, two million tons a year or something. That's a lot of rock. And over the course of the 50-year life of the mine, they thought they'd make half a billion dollars. And they were invited to invest, and they did, and they spent millions, and they went through an environmental review as they knew they would, and that was fine. But at the end of this, it was blocked, not for any real environmental reason, not for any real safety reason, for made-up reasons of social license. So they were not given their permits. It was a loosey-goosey, you're against our values ruling. And so they sued under NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which says you have to treat each other's investors fairly. You can't rip them off. You can't rig the rules. And the NAFTA panel sided with the American investor. It was appealed to the federal court in Canada. Canada's federal court agreed, upheld the ruling. So this loosey-goosey social license, you don't have the buy-in from the community. Yeah, that's, that's not in the rules. Just, you know, are you environmentally safe? 
Are you physically safe? Uh, check, 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 check. There's not a catch-all called, you know, does the local activist approve? Canada's going to be on the hook for half a billion dollars in penalties. That's what this mine says they would have earned over 50 years. And Canada's going to have to pay them half a billion. That's just for a little rock quarry. Imagine how much Kinder Morgan will be able to soak taxpayers for, not because they want to, they want to build the pipeline. But if Justin Trudeau and John Horgan and other Canadian entities break the law by faking the reasons that pipeline can't get built, get ready to pay out the whole amount. VM Parliament says, do you think the NDP have a chance to win in Ontario? And my answer is yes. They absolutely do. And here's how it could go down, and it's terrifying to see it. Kathleen Wynne is in third place. She's really doing poorly uh, as the Liberal Party is in. I've seen several polls put them in third place. Uh, Kathleen Wynne as a personality is so unlikable. The latest Liberal Party ads have a young actress uh, just as a stand-in, not pretending to be Kathleen Wynne, but just some anonymous actress saying, hey, not everything's gone great. Can we, can we call that ad up, that Ontario liberal ad? I'd like to show it to our viewers, from those of you not, not from Ontario. Um, it's quite something. Have you ever seen the key ad for a party not feature that party's leader? I mean, whether it's Trump or Hillary Clinton or Obama in the States or in Canada, I mean, your leader is your leader. That's what it means to lead. But you're so embarrassed and ashamed of your leader. <laughs> Let me show this ad. I mean, it's the ad itself, for what it is, it's, it, it, it's a little wobbly. I have some criticisms of it. But the shocking fact is they hired an actor because the leader is so odious. Take a look. Okay, I get it. Everything hasn't been perfect in Kathleen Wynne's Ontario. But four years ago, Wynne said she'd build Ontario up by investing in hospitals and schools and transit to create jobs. I love, and she I, uh, through. Our unemployment rate... I, 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 I won't show it to you, but I, I love... Okay, fine. So everything hasn't been great. But here, can I be a paid actor and read to you some lines? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. It's not great. When you're paying an actor to go out and say that because your leader is so hated, you're in trouble. And my point is, Doug Ford, I think, is, I think he's going to win. I think he can win. I think he should win. I think it's right for Ontario that he does win. I think Ontario needs him to win. But what if Kathleen Wynne does so poorly in the polls and there's like this stink of death over her campaign. That's such a desperation move. They're doing so many desperation moves. The tweets are so absurd. Um, in, in a debate recently, Doug Ford said, uh, Kathleen, when you have a nice smile. Okay, I, I don't think that's a particularly weird thing to say, but oh my God, the liberal press releases, sexist, he's mansplaining. No, no, he just said you have a nice smile, which I don't even think is true. But uh, they're, they're misfiring, no one's listening to them, no one cares. I saw an article in the Toronto Star yesterday panicking that nothing's sticking to Doug Ford. Here's my point. Let's say Doug Ford's at 40% in the polls. That's pretty healthy, right, in a three-party race. I mean, that's, that's majority territory. But what happens if people look around and say, you know, I don't like Doug Ford, and I don't love Kathleen Wynne, but I, I sure don't like Doug Ford, I'm going to vote for Kathleen Wynne. But if she's in third place consistently, 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 and if, if the campaign starts to look really desperate, which I think it is, the election's on June 7th, if I'm not mistaken. What happens if the anybody but Ford, ABF, uh, ABC, anybody but conservative vote says, shoot, voting for Kathleen Wynne, just, it's a wasted vote. 
put your vote behind the NDP. This Andrea Horvath, she seems nice enough. Uh, we haven't really done a lot of due diligence on her because we never thought she was serious. That's almost what happened in Alberta with Rachel Notley. That is exactly what happened. People said, I don't like Jim Prentice. Um, I don't like uh, uh, the incumbents. Um, sorry, I, I, I'm trying to remember who, who it was there, but Rachel Notley came up the middle. That's sort of how Bob Ray was elected, I don't know, 20, 23, uh, 20 odd years ago. I forget the year he was elected. He just came up the middle when people said a pox on everyone else. If the anti-Doug Ford vote coalesces around the NDP, they have a chance. I'm not saying they'll win. Right now, I'd still bet on Doug Ford. But yeah, the NDP has a chance, especially if Doug Ford continues to demoralize the conservative base by flip-flopping on key issues. He threw out Tanya Granik Allen, which I thought was a mistake. Uh, let's read some more comments. And then, look, it's 1226. I want to I wanna show you a few other things today. Time's uh, running. Okay, El Chepacabra is back, saying, hi, Tammy. Tammy Putinsk Zanbelt says, okay, donkey smile. I don't know what that means. Uh, entry requires says, I thought the discussion about Trudeau's cook being kept in a separate residence was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, Manny Montenegrino on to talk about that. Uh, he points out that um, Trudeau's living in Rideau Hall. His cook is li living in 24 Sussex Drive. And he's got another residence over the Quebec side called Harrington Lake. And rumors are, and I have no proof of it, that Trudeau's mom is in there, Margaret Trudeau. Um, I, uh, you know, I suppose we could stake out with a camera there and see who's coming and going. Um, you know, Justin Trudeau always says that the purpose of a carbon tax is to make choices costly, so Canadians make better choices about their carbon footprint. His choice is to have an entire house dedicated to his chef and to drive the meals over from 24 Sussex Drive, drive them half a mile to Rideau Hall, because apparently the... the the kitchen in Rideau Hall isn't good enough. Or as Manny suggested, maybe Trudeau doesn't want any strangers in the house. Maybe things are not as idyllic uh, with that karaoke star, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, uh, and, and he just doesn't want any personnel in the house. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, let's take a look, see. Uh, more comments. If you want your comment to stand out, just throw it in the super chat here. Mike Levine says, have you heard of Avi Yamini? He's doing good work in Australia. He seems to be cut from the rebel cloth. Yes, I have heard about him. And I've watched some of his videos. And I like what I see. Um, and I've considered, I've, th I've thought about it. So he's on my radar. Um, and uh, I, so, so the answer is yes, I like what I see. Uh, I probably need to do some more due diligence. And of course, uh, but he has in fact reached out to us. So thank you for that tip. Um, Arsad says, how can you own Jerusalem for yourself? I'm not sure what you're referring to, but if you've read uh, the Bible, you know that Jerusalem is the biblical, historical, eternal capital of the Jews. That's where the word Zionism comes from, Mount Zion. It's in the Bible. And it's the capital of the state of Israel. I think the, the reality of moving uh, that reality, I mean, you just move your capital, move your embassy where the capital is. Uh, hey, it's 1228. I'm going to take a, a break from reading comments, and I want to show you What's, um, I want to show you uh, a clip of what's coming up tonight, um, Off the Cuff Declassified with John Cardillo. Take a look. Today on Off the Cuff Declassified, North Korea is threatening to pull out of their summit with the United States, but it doesn't look like we're taking them seriously. Special Counsel Robert Mueller is under fire as the one-year anniversary of his probe draws near. 
the Rebels. Tiffany Gabay joins me to discuss the unrest in Gaza. And are China and Russia faking their GDP numbers? Satellite imagery seems to suggest they are. We'll analyze. I like that guy. That's John Cardillo. He's our former NYPD cop. He's based in Florida. He covers a lot of the Trump MAGA stuff, and, and you can hear what else he's up to today. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever watched him. May I encourage you to tune in? And while I'm showing and teasing and pitching other talent, can I show you a promo for today's show by my good friend Sheila Gunn-Reed? Obviously, it's called The Gun Show. Um, let's show that ad, too, so people can see what that's all about. Everybody, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another all-new gun show with me, your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Now, joining me tonight is my good friend, Michelle Sterling from Friends of Science. Today, we're talking about, well, a little bit of everything. David Suzuki, the push to force banks to divest from fossil fuels, and the embedded anti-oil activists in Justin Trudeau's government. It is a packed show tonight. You don't want to miss it. Hey, by the way, if you want to hang out with John and Sheila and me and Katie Hopkins, and speaking of Australia, Dr. Tanvir Ahmed, one of our contributors down there, we are going to Israel for 10 days. That is a long time. And um, you're invited. I don't know if you know this, but we're going to Israel. Do we have a TV ad that we can play about that? I'm just playing so many ads here. We don't have a TV ad for that now, but uh, we'll, I'll play one later this week. Um, or a little pitch. It's not necessarily an ad. We're going, and we're inviting our most enthusiastic rebels to come with us. It's not just going to be tourism. There will be tourism if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, if you're interested in the country. We'll tour around. We'll hit the, the spots. But it'll also be briefings, political briefings, military briefings. We are actually, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's a fact, we are going to the graduation ceremony of the Israel Air Force Academy, which has an awesome air show. I think the F-35 jet will be involved in that. I'm not sure, but it's, you know, Israel's Air Force is the most modern in the world with Americans. I mean, they, they're one of the early adopters of the, I think it's the F-35 or maybe it's the F-22. That's going to be an awesome trip. And you're, it's going to be about 60 or 70 other rebel viewers, and the five talents I just mentioned, Sheila, John, Tanvir, Katie Hopkins, myself, we'll have a couple of rebel staff, great food, oh my God, you're going to get fat, I'll get fatter, uh, to and around, we'll have a couple buses, it'll be, I'm looking forward to it, it is 10 days, so it's a serious trip, it's a serious trip, if you want details, go to rebelisrael.com, it's sort of like a cruise, which was scuppered, by um, an alt-left activist group, but you can't scupper this one because uh, it's going forward. That's rebelisrael.com. All right, how are we doing for time? It's 12.32. I'm going to read another Super Chat comment by Allie Clark. Thanks, Allie. Ezra, did you look into notifications issues on YouTube? Had to go to your website to see if you were even on today. I mentioned we did ask our YouTube guru about this, and I saw a note from him that he was looking in. Hannah, maybe we can follow up with, with our YouTube guru, Adam, and ask what he saw. Uh, because I take your point, and you're not the only one who's, who said it, Allie, that 
you know, we need more notification issues. I believe that it's probably some sort of gentle censorship uh, against us on the part of YouTube. And I know that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but I've actually had three meetings with YouTube and Google about these things, and, and they don't care. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched Paul Joseph Watson. He's one of my favorite guys on YouTube. Um, I think he says that his last 37 or something videos in a row have all been demonetized. And his latest one, which is excellent, which is about the new video by Childish Gambino, um, not only is it demonetized, but they've, they're treating it like hate speech. I've very rarely seen it. You have to click, yes, I agree to see controversial material, and they've made it unshareable and unlikable. Like they're literally treating it like hate speech. The, it's just for a political commentary based on a violent video that they've promoted, like 120 million views on YouTube in a few days to the music video. There's no age restrictions on there, even though it's graphic violence. But Paul Joseph Watson critiques that graphic violence, and that's controversial and all sorts of age-appropriate, and you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, William Coleman says, wasn't happy that the Rebel Live is the weekend of the election. Election blackout is June 5th. Wish it was scheduled at a more appropriate time. I, I take your point, uh, William, and... Uh, in, in part of me thought, well, this will be a very exciting time to have it. Um, it may have been availability of the venue. I'm not sure, but I take your point. Uh, I should say that the Rebel Live um, uh, attendance is really coming along. I think we're more than half sold out. Uh, and it's still we still have three weeks of ticket sales, so I think it's going to really go great. In fact, why don't we just, uh, if people are wondering what I'm talking about, I, I think we do have that Rebel Live ad. Let's just play it right now. We're going to discuss topics that the political elites and the media party don't want us to discuss. Political correctness be damned. Passion isn't enough of a principle to guide the world by. Perhaps we are in better touch with the pulse of the country. We are in this fight with you and you're all in this fight together. Over the last few years, there's been this populist movement going around the world. That's the status of the left at this point, is I don't know if you're the Onion or the New York Times. Postmodernism is a sophisticated philosophy. Now, it's wrong, but it's deeply wrong. We're simply people with another point of view. That's Rebel. I'm showing you so many ads. I think we've had four ads today. I'm pretty excited about that. I see another super chat from VM Parliament. Would you ever run for office? I'd vote for you. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't know if I would. I mean, I know when I was younger, I actually tried to. Um, when I was, I think, 29 or something, I ran for Parliament. I actually won the nomination for the Canadian Alliance, as it was then known, the precursor to the Conservative Party, in Calgary Southwest, one of the safest ridings in Canada for Conservatives. But five weeks after I got that nomination, Stephen Harper was selected as the new leader of the party, and he needed a safe seat to run in, and so he sort of moved into that by-election. I resisted uh, stepping aside at first. I had worked so hard for it, but of course, paving the way for the new leader of the party, who went on to become a very strong prime minister for almost 10 years. That's how that story ended, and it pushed me in a different path. I went on to 
helped start the Western Standard magazine to write a series of books, including Ethical Oil, uh, to join the Sun News Network and now with the Rebels. So my life has taken a different path. Occasionally, um, I wonder what would have happened had I gone into Parliament. I, I know one thing for sure would be a, little, a lot less financial stress. You get a you get a nice six-figure job, and much more important than that, you get all the staff and the budget and the travel and two offices, one in Ottawa, one in the riding. You get so much infrastructure. That's actually what costs so much, um, more than just the salary itself. And, of course, you have the forum of Parliament and access to the media. So those are all the pluses for being elected as an MP, for example. But the minuses, well, there is the insane travel back and forth, especially if I were to run from Calgary, where I used to be from. But I think the biggest one is if you're not the... It's, it's like being on a dog sled, you know, when, the, when the, all the, the huskies are pulling the dog sled. If you're not the one at the front, um, you don't, you know, it's, you're pretty much just following the party discipline and the message track. And that can be fine, but I don't know if I'd be good, especially as I get older, at biting my tongue on things you're not allowed to say. I suppose if I was focused on something that I really was passionate about and given, you know, the power to talk about, like ethical oil I mentioned, but if I had to shut up about 20 other things, it would be tough. That's the bargain you make when you go into elected office. You're part of a team and you have to have a team discipline and you can't have a caucus of 100 MPs saying 100 things that are not in harmony with each other. And who makes the decision? It's the top dog. I have to tell you, if I were an MP in Andrew Shear's caucus, I would not be enjoying, I don't think I would be enjoying my life. I don't think Maxime Bernier is. I mean, I'm not trying to cause trouble. I think it's just so evident that Maxime Bernier is biting his tongue every single day. I'm sure there are other compensations, like I say, free job, free stuff, access. You can work on constituency files. You can work on projects. You can have private members' bills. You can, there are a lot of good things to do. That's a very, very long answer to a very friendly question. But in short, I don't think, I don't think I would run. I just don't think I would. I just don't think I'm built for party politics. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll change. Maybe my temperament will change. Maybe the nature of parties will change. But in some ways, I think we make more of a difference outside politics. Um, I think that's something that Stephen Bannon got right in America, and it's something that Paul Joseph Watson says all the time. Politics is downstream from the culture. Politics is where the power is, but the influence is in the media, it's in pop culture, it's in music. That, that uh, new video by uh, Childish Gambino will in many ways have more influence than any editorial. That's why Kanye West's Breaking away from the Democrat pack was so powerful. All right, let's look for some more uh, comments here. It is 1240. Um, Roald Dax says, saw the Save the Christians documentary yesterday. Canada is a country with Christian values and should be bringing in Christian refugees as a priority. Well, I'm glad you saw it. That's right, did I tell you? SaveTheChristians.com, our video, our first documentary error, is now available on video on demand or to pre-order the DVDs. Thank you very I'm thrilled you saw it, Roll. Well, thanks for the feedback. That's great. Um, Marcel84, Ezra, no one will vote for you. You own, represent Israel, not us or U.S. Well, I'm in Canada, so I don't purport to represent the U.S. Um, I don't 
support Israel. We're going to Israel, as I told you, because we support Israel. I've also been to Taiwan. I support Taiwan. I'm not Chinese. I'm not Taiwanese first. I just support that little democracy against the authoritarian uh, dictatorship next to it called China. I support Israel for reasons of ethnicity and religious heritage as well. But I'm not a, I'm a Canadian. I'm a Canadian first and only. I only have one passport. Canada is my home. I admire Israel. I have a, a, an emotional tie to it. But um, I, I believe in a sovereign Canada, and that's, that's where I am. Uh, you, I think being pro-Canada uh, generally means you're sympathetic to democracies around the world. Um, I think it's natural to be pro-Israel if you're a Democrat, especially if you're a conservative. When I mean Democrat, a small d. In fact, I think it would be very hard to be pro-Hezbollah, pro-Hamas, if you have Canadian values. So I disagree with you. Um, Darla McKinnon, it is my preference Canadians are safe, but do we even control our own countries anymore? Well, that's the thing with open borders, we clearly don't, and Justin Trudeau has just opened it up, first to 40,000, 50,000 Syrian migrants that were not vetted, and now to, um, to people just walking up from the states that Donald Trump's on the verge of deporting. Uh, here is another super chat. I recognized this name from a couple weeks ago, Urethra Grundle. Um, that's a great name. Hello again, just an idea. I'd like to see Rebel bumper stickers heavily distributed to educate the public that Rebel exists. Many don't know that Rebel exists and can continue to digest CBC News. You know, that's a good idea. I, I haven't been to our Rebel store in a while. We probably need to freshen it up. Um, I, you know, it's not a bad idea, Just almost just to give them out. I don't know if you noticed, but the back of my laptop, I have this little sticker. Can you see it? I love oil sands. And I just put that on there. Uh, frankly, you know why I put that on there? Because I go through airport, uh, airport security. I have to take my computer out and I put it in a little bin. And there's so many computers and they all look the same, right? Or similar. So I just slapped that oil sand sticker on there, first of all, because I believe in the oil sands. Um, and second of all, so I can identify my computer. I don't want someone to take mine or, or vice versa. I'm pretty sure I got that sticker for free, and it's worth it for me, for them. So yeah, I think I like your idea. I like your idea. Maybe we should give them out for free, just the cost of shipping, and have a voluntary contribution. If you want to chip in a few bucks, you can. But no, you know what? Urethra Grundle, if that is your real name, um, that sounds like sort of a lovable nickname. You know, I bet your real name is something like uh, Joy Smith, but it's like a pet name. Oh, come here, you little Urethra Grundle. Um, some more chit chats. Miss Lil Pig says, I'd buy a Rebel bumper sticker. Thank you. Sarah M, what are you, 19 stickers on your computer? Well, it's just one sticker. It says, I love the OSA, and I told you why I put it on there. So I don't, because, uh, you know, at the airport, everyone takes their computers out as you go through the groping security, and you wouldn't believe how many computers look the same. I just put that on there so no one takes one. It's like when people are going to put a little ribbon or tape on their luggage, because all luggage is sort of black and looks the same. Um, hand, uh, Ali Clark says, hand them out at events as well. Good point. Uh, Real Men Fish, I love our U.S. neighbors. Bumper sticker would blow up a few prog heads. Okay. Frank M., stickers are cool. Oh, Sarah M., what about pink rebel hats? Perhaps a march. Hey, nice idea. Um, <laughs> I would rebel bumper sticker my whole fleet. Were you like an admiral of the Navy or something? Uh, Darla McKenna, just write it down with a marker on places. All right. Rebel graffiti, Banksy style. Noise. 
Um, AOS Dorp. Thank you, Israel. At least that way, some of our money that Islamic regime of Iran steal from us Iranians will remain in our land. I support Israel all the way against all Islamists. Well, that's interesting because I think Israel is a military and political and diplomatic bulwark against Islamic extremism. And that's why some of the moderate Arab dictatorships are becoming more and more friendly with Israel as they see it's the only muscle and political will in the region that might be able to stop some extreme terrorism or nuclear adventurism. Um, Urethra Grundle, just hand them out, spread the word. Jonathan Bryant, I'd buy rebel clothing swag. Don't have a car. I think, you know what? You're convincing me. By the way, this little mug, it says on the one hand there, it says the rebel, but on the other hand, it says, don't blame me, I voted conservative. This was one of our best sellers, by the way, but I think you're right. It's been a while since we freshened up our stock in our store. So you're encouraging me to do that. Um, all right, you know what, we, it's, oh my gosh, it's 12.46, I've been kibitzing too much. I've been showing too many ads and I've been uh, reading too many comments. I, uh, I wanna show you two more things. Um, celebrities, they're, they're so much smarter than us, aren't they? Or, or bolder or braver or something. I mean, Chelsea Handler, do you know who I'm talking about? Sort of a left-wing, all-purpose, chit-chat, absolute basic celebrity. I mean, if there's conventional wisdom, she's got it. Uh, oh, I see Fran Dodd-Sai. How much revenue do you think you'll generate from the Super Chat feature? Not a ton, not a ton. I mean, if we, if we got 100 bucks a show, uh, that'd be great. If we got 250 bucks a show, that'd be amazing. We could, that, would, that, would cover, that would cover some serious staff expenses around here, you know. Uh, we do it because, you know, we are in the editorial content business. But, yeah, if the Super Chat added up, it's, I mean, today, I just glancing over, it's, you know, it's not even going to hit 100 bucks. But we're doing it, and we're going to grow. We've only been doing this for a couple weeks. Anyways, back to Chelsea Handler. Um, when I think who is a master of world affairs, who grasps the intricacies of the Arab-Israeli conflict, the centuries-long battle between Islam and Judaism and Christianity, uh, who understands the sweep of history from the Crusades to the Ottoman Empire to the British Mandate. I think maybe Henry Kissinger, maybe in his own way Bill Clinton did, and Chelsea Handler. Those are the three titans of foreign policy smarts. And as proof for that third selection, which you might doubt, uh, let me show you a tweet from Chelsea Handler. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read it. Now the BB crazies, BB is a nickname for Benjamin Netanyahu, the BB crazies, I'm not sure, but I think that's spelled wrong, are running the show unchecked and will effectively turn Gaza and the left bank into starvation camps or mental asylums, if not already, and bomb Iran into submission, there will be a religious turn for this. I think the evangelicals call it the rapture. 561 retweets, 2,402 likes, and that's when we took the screenshots, probably more. Can you hold that up there? Because there's just, there's so much, every word here is a goddamn masterpiece. You know, Winston, did you know Winston Churchill? Um, was it the, the Nobel Prize for Literature that he won for, for his biography, his autobiography, really, his history? 
This could win a Pulitzer. Now the BB crazies are running the show. Yeah, actually, Benjamin Netanyahu's been the Prime Minister of Israel for a little while. He's unchecked. Well, actually, it's democracy with an opposition and an extremely aggressive media. Will effectively turn Gaza and the left bank into starvation again. Well, Gaza is no longer part of Israel. I don't know if Chelsea missed that part, but I think it was 2005 that Israel unilaterally abandoned Gaza to its people, and it was immediately seized by Hamas. So Israel does not have any soldiers or police in Gaza. It has no customs officials. It has no bureaucrats. It has no citizens. It is a Jew-free zone, Judenrein, in the original German. So... Um, it is what it is because of its Hamas rulers. Uh, Left Bank is possibly my favoriteest part of this tweet. Left Bank is what they call the fancy part of Paris, the Left Bank of the Seine River. Uh, in, in Israel, I think she means the, the West Bank, the West Bank. But um, other than those little facts, I'm sure she is a masterful command of the situation. Uh, she thinks the uh, evangelicals call it rapture. Could be, um, but just like my criticisms of people who really think The Handmaid's Tale is where it's at, um, I think the religious term that's probably more appropriate to what's going on there is not the rapture, but the jihad. Because neither Benjamin Netanyahu nor Hamas are Christian. Uh, he's a Jew, and they're Muslims. I saw a great tweet today that said, if, um, if Hamas threw other weapons into the sea, the result would be peace. If Israel threw lots of weapons into the sea, the result would be genocide. I think that's accurate. I see another super chat comment. Let me read it. There we go. Um, Vizix, three ninety nine, just because I love you, Ezra. Well, that's very nice of you. That's very nice for you to say. And I think I might have missed one. Let me check uh, my notes here. Um, uh, VM Parliament, will you give Win the mobile billboard treatment? Hey, I like the way you think. Do you recall that we, um, we put a billboard outside her office? Can I ask, Hannah, can you dig up this short video of me revealing <laughs> the, the billboard? We put it right up outside of her constituency office. It's about a 90-second clip, and uh, I just want to show it to you. You know, I, I almost forgot about that, and we did it. We, you know, you can, if you go to buy billboards, you, they have a detailed map, and you can choose precisely the location you want. And uh, I, let me just show you, it's a, I think it's a 90-second video. Take a look at this. This is what we did a couple years ago. Take a look. Levan from the rebel.media. As you can see, I'm standing on the street, 795 Eglinton Avenue East in Toronto. And look behind me. You can see that's the address of the constituency office of Kathleen Wynne, the atrocious Premier of Ontario. Well, the reason I'm here is because look just over there, just across the street and up is a billboard that we bought for our firewind.ca campaign. It couldn't be clearer. Stop the corruption. Stop the lies. And that was crowdfunded by you, our loyal viewers, staring down at the Premier, staring down at all her little workers and busy beavers who are destroying Ontario, telling them that we are coming to fire her. Well, what do you think? If you support our campaign to fire win, help us continue to have this billboard and others like it around the city. You can also get your own mini billboard. What I mean by that is your own lawn sign that says Firewind. We also have t-shirts and 
bumper stickers too. That's all at firewind.ca. I wanted to show you that billboard because I'm so proud of it. But really, it's you who did it. Thank you. From 795 Eglinton Avenue East in Toronto, I'm Ezra Levant for the Rebel.media. Well, thank you for the reminder that, you know, we've done so many shenanigans like that over the years. I actually forgot about that. And we gave out hundreds of those Firewind lawn signs. And I think we're going to have some to give out at the, um, at the Rebel Live event in Toronto. Let me just check. Let me check the clock. It's 12.53. Um, speaking of the Ontario election, let me show you a clip, and it's very, very, very quick. It's, it's just a few seconds long. Uh, Doug Ford was at a rally. And um, what do you do when you have Kathleen Wynne as your premier? And some of her staff are convicted of crimes. And, and then there's things that are not crimes, but they're just awful scandals, ethical breaches, financial corruption, and mismanagement. Well, you chant, lock her up. And maybe you half mean it, or maybe you're joking. Maybe you're paying an homage to the chants at the Donald Trump rallies. Take a look at this. I don't know if you heard that, but there was a channel, lock her up, lock her up. You know, that's how people talk when they're unemployed or when they're overtaxed or when they're paying electricity bills that are literally the highest in the continental North America. That's how people talk when they're sick of being scolded by the premier um, on everything from their carbon footprint to uh, the fact that they resist uh, an extreme sex ed curriculum drafted by a convicted child pornographer, in the case of Ben Levin. That's how people talk sometimes. They blow off steam. They have a little bit of fun. And you know what? Even if it goes a little far rhetorically, that's part of freedom. Um, I remember when that same chant was said in Alberta 16 months ago or so at our anti-carbon tax rally, and the mainstream media pounced as if that was some horrific crime. And uh, timid conservatives threw unemployed Alberta oil men under the bus. Oh, you're not protesting the government politely enough. And when I saw that yesterday, I thought, oh, good for Doug. Good for Doug. He won't throw those protesters under the bus. He won't kowtow to the mainstream media. I was very disappointed to learn that Doug Ford did indeed later admonish that person for saying that. Look, the Fords, the late Rob Ford and Doug Ford, are all about having some fun and not being word police and not scolding people for being exuberant and most of all, not bending the knee to the mainstream media, which really just ask, acts as enforcers for the social justice left. Whether it's the ideologies that you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that, or you're an Islamophobic transphobe, or actually the parties of the left. And I think that's one of the secrets to understanding Donald Trump's success is that whatever his negatives are, let's say half of people find him unfavorable, the media's negatives are far higher. Most people despise the media, and with good reason. So when Donald Trump punches back at journalists, not physically, of course, he doesn't punch them or lock them up, but when he rhetorically disrespects them, there's an enormous built-up uh, momentum of Americans saying, you're damn right, it's about time someone took those pompous TV talking heads down a peg. And that's one of the reasons why people loved Rob Ford, 
in his day and why I think they like Doug Ford. And I have one more request of you, if you don't mind. Can you dig up the audio of the late Rob Ford when he was phoned by Carol Off of the CBC radio? And I want to show you the proper way to treat a left-wing journalist. Carol Off isn't just a left-wing journalist. She's a Marxist. I don't say that as an insult. I say that as an observation. And she has a show on Canada's state broadcaster, the CBC. And she was phoning up Rob Ford. She despised Rob Ford. Rob knew it, but he's friendly enough, so he took the call. And she had some very important questions to ask on behalf of the state broadcaster. Well, the late Rob Ford had something more important to do. He was coaching football, a volunteer coach in a low-income community, as he always did. And so he answered the phone for this radio interview on his cell phone while he was out in the field coaching. What would you do? Would you say to a bunch of young kids who love football, it's their favorite thing, it's, it's maybe the only positive thing they're doing for recreation, and some socialist from the state broadcaster wants to harp at you on the phone, would you really say, sorry kids, I have to go talk to some Marxists from the state broadcaster? Or would you say, all right, would you holler out coaching instructions while you're on the phone? Well, I'll tell you what Rob Ford did, and I have to say it's probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Are you still looking for it over there? We'll see if we can dig it up. If we, if we can't find it today, we'll find it tomorrow because uh, it's already 12.58. You know what? I'm just throwing this on my team, uh, springing it on them. Um, what's the name of that show? As It Happens? Uh, if we can't find it today, I promise I'll show it to you tomorrow. Because it's the, here's my point. I mean, we're almost out of time anyways. My point is, when a snooty, scoldy, sneering, condescending, moralizing, self-righteous media snob, but then again, I repeat myself, comes to condemn you for being a conservative, for telling a joke, lock her up, for using a phrase that's not politically correct enough, Maybe you say mankind instead of people kind. The answer is not to bend the knee and say, oh, I'm sorry, and I disavow. I disavow that ruffian who said, lock her up. The answer is probably not my instinct, which is to cuss. The answer is to say, well, no thanks, we're a free country, and you have one point of view of the state broadcaster, and the people have a different point of view. And that's what made Rob Ford great, and I think that's one of the things that people hope for in Doug Ford, and I sure hope he doesn't have that drummed out of him. You know what, folks? It's, it's almost 1 o'clock. We can't find that last clip, and I'm sorry I threw that on our production team last minute. We'll have it for tomorrow, but I will play it for you because it was gorgeous. Uh, let me uh, wrap up by telling you what we're doing. Every weekday we do this 12 noon to, Eastern, uh, to 1 p.m. Eastern. I try and take your comments. I was a little rambly today. I was a little rambly today. I apologize. I didn't even get through. Uh, I did just barely get through all the clips I had. You can help us out by chipping in through the Super Chat, a few bucks here and there. We're going to expand it to Periscope, Twitter, Facebook simultaneously. Um, we got over 500 folks watching right now, which ain't bad. It's getting up there. Allie, we are going to look into your question about if we're getting the notifications fixed. 
And this is just basically what I do with, like, I, I'm, I'm like a cruise ship. I have two sit sittings for lunch. So I'm going to skip one lunch a day. I'll do this instead. Um, it's a good way to hear what folks are interested in. And I, I want to build this up a bit. So someone who said, how much money are you going to make on this? Well, that's, you know, I'd like to make some money because we've got to pay the bills around here. And we don't get government money. And this is, it's voluntary. You don't have to pay money to make a comment. Yeah, but I'd like to build it up. You know, we got 500 people watching right now. It's pretty respectable. Um, of course, this will be on uh, YouTube for people to watch later. So yeah, we're getting there. And I appreciate your good advice and your great questions. Lots of good advice today about the store and bumper stickers. Good questions about notifications and, uh, and uh, subscriptions. We'll, we'll look into that. And I should wrap up now because it's already 101. I'll have that Rob Ford video for tomorrow just for viewers who tune in again. It's just a great, great, great video. I love it so much. Until tonight at 8 p.m. where my paywall shows up and tomorrow again at 12 noon on behalf of us here at Rebel World Headquarters. Goodbye, and keep fighting for freedom.